Yo, 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 it's X. Welcome to What's Out Media. Today, we got my guy Pranav from Amazing HQ. Today, we have a collab with Amazing HQ. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing, Xavier? Doing well, doing well. So uh, for those of the guys, for those of the people who uh, don't know Amazing HQ, how would you uh, describe that? Um, it's basically, it's a media outlet provide, uh, dedicated to providing a platform to Asian American athletes to help um, better, better represent our community, accurately portray our stories, how to eradicate some of those misinformed stereotypes and to provide inspiration for that next generation of Asian American athletes. That's amazing. So Pranav, how about yourself? Were you an athlete? Yeah, so I, um, I'm, I'm Indian American. I played, uh, I played football throughout my life. I played um, at the college level as well. And it's kind of there where I realized like, yeah, there's really not many of us. And, and for the few of us that make it out to those levels, oftentimes their stories are never told. And so like for me, I always felt like I was the one person on this journey. I, it was very hard for me to find other people to relate to. Um, but as I progressed in my journey, I slowly started hearing stories about a lot of these trailblazers and a lot of people that came before me. But I think it takes a lot of deep digging to find those stories. So, um, so for me, I kind of realized like, oh, if I knew about some of these stories before, that would have had a huge impact on not only my journey, but also so many of my peers' journeys. Because I had a ton of peers that were so much more talented than me, um, but whether it be because of their, um, their family, their, their friends, their community, um, or society telling them that this is not meant out meant for them. Um, they kind of like lost their dreams early on. So um, I kind of created this for that for that reason specifically. Nice. Um, so when did you or where did you grow up? So I grew up in the Bay Area. I grew up in the city uh, called Cupertino. Um, basically, it's the place where if you have an iPhone, it'll be on your it'll be on your maps because that's where Apple's head, uh, headquarters is. Um, I mean on your on your weather app, um, but. But yeah, so I, I grew up there. It's a not it's it's in Silicon Valley and it's a large immigrant population. So it's basically like um, primarily like Asian uh, immigrants from Asia and, and, and their children um, coming to work in, in tech and other fields. So so for me, like I, I went to a very like high academic public school that didn't really have any focus in, in, in sports. Um, so it was hard to kind of like I was from from the age of eight I had the dream of making Santa fell and I was ridiculed along like all along the way just kind of being the skinny Indian dude um so so there was a lot of lot lot to kind of like um it was, it was definitely a lot of self-perseverance um but it was also I think the fact that the, the culture of sports in Asia is so much different than it is here. And the knowledge of like, oh, this is a viable path that you can do both at the same time. You can do school, you can do sports at the same time. Um, I, I think that part was, there was a lack of understanding. There was a lack of like, oh, there's, there's, there's proof in the pudding. Um, whereas like, there's so much proof in the pudding in other fields that, that we've had success in from our community. Right, so uh, what was the makeup of your, you know, your football team in high school or, you know, throughout, when did you start playing it? Uh, when did you start playing? Yeah, I mean, so I, f I fell in love with the sport in like when I was eight. Um, randomly, it's for it's a super random reason. Um, I was doing this book report project. Somehow I ended up deciding to like, I was going through the library, uh, found a book about like Brett Favre. I don't know why him out of all people. And then I randomly picked it up and then I was like, oh, this, this, this sport's kind of cool. Uh, so then I started playing after that. Um, it's interesting because like for Pop Warner, which is our, which is like the kind of like, youth football program um we didn't really have any feeder programs like in our area 
Um, so we had, I had to kind of travel out a little bit to another city to play. Um, and that's, that's like the first time I like realized like, yeah, there's like, I was like one of two Asian people on the team, um, even at the sixth grade level. Um, and, but yeah, like with my high school being like 80% like Asian American, um, it was, it was interesting. Like even like it was, there was, there was a couple of years where even like half our team was less uh, or ha- less than half of the team was Asian. Whereas wow. like when, the, when it's so different than the student body population, but um, it was definitely like every time um, like we kind of went, went against opponents from different areas, obviously we looked at different ways. Um, when I was like on recruiting trips, I was called like different things. And I was like called like some dog millionaire before. Um, Cause it's like, First of all, it's like I think we're seeing it, we're seeing it more now, but like um, I think back then it was like um, saying those kind of like backhanded comments towards like Asian Americans was like a it was more of like a it was seen as like a joking thing. It was seen as nothing with a real negative context, and a lot of that is because there was never like re- retaliation back, right? It was just, a lot of times we were laughing with them, right? Um, right? Because that's the only way we knew how to be accepted. Um, so there's 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 definitely there's definitely experiences with that and it's like being like one of the one of the few to kind of like represent the community at whatever level I was at it was it was kind of like there was only so much leeway you had to you have to kind of like assimilate to the culture a little bit. So let's talk about in your culture. Uh, so football is not prevalent, right? It's not the biggest thing. Uh, how did your family react to you? You know, being drawn to such a unique sport in your culture? Yeah, I think a lot of it definitely started off as confusion, right? Um, because it's just like a little, like, um, like a pretext is kind of like, um, in a lot of these, a lot of these big Asian countries for like, for example, like with me specifically would be India, right? Um, where my parents are from. It's like, if you, if you want to pursue sports, you kind of are like funneled into a path from like really early childhood. And it's like, you're on the path to try to become like someone on the national team. That's kind of like what it is. Um, and if you're not, then you're just going like, you're going straight into the books the whole time. Like you're all about, all about school. It's, there's no really like um, um, symbiosis at all between the two. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, you either know one path or you know the other path. You don't, you don't, you don't know that they can exist together. Um, so, and obviously the fact, the fact that football doesn't, exi- doesn't really exist in India, um, there's that too. Um, I think for me, it was more so, or me and like so many other immigrant parents, Asian American or not, I think the big thing is like a lot of these people, a lot of our parents came to this country, like, right, there's the, the saying, came to our country with $5 in our pocket. And in most cases, it's actually like, that's literally true, right? right. Um, and, and you kind of like, they kind of work up from there. They, can't, they come here for a reason to, to what, to like provide, our, provide their kids a better opportunity. And how are we living out that better opportunity if we're trying to pursue a game, right? That's, that's how it's seen. Gotcha. Um, so there's a lot of that where it's like, some, sometimes it can be like disappointment. It's like, it's like, did I really sacrifice all of this to like come here for that? And like with me, like my, my, I, I grew up in a, like a single, single mother household. So it's like, she was kind of, uh, my mom did like so much, she sacrificed so much. She like, she never really got to live her life until kind of like more recently now that we're like um, both are uh, both her kids are out of college. Um, So I think from that perspective, a lot of people could would be able to understand like that's, that's the reason why it's like very, very hesitant. But I think 
for me, like over time, I definitely like had to like rebel a lot, had to like uh, find a lot of reasons to like get through things. Sometimes I had to lie, even though that was not necessarily the best way to do it. Um, but I think over time, like my mom started to realize and my mom started, my mom started first realized that it was important to me. Second realized that like, oh, there is like, you can do both at the same time. Um, you can be happy, like you can be happy and all like happy pursuing one thing. You can also like pursue something uh, more professional um, on the academic side. Um, so I think it, it definitely took, took some time for sure. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so what support did you have? Was it just yourself? Was there, were there teammates that encouraged you along the way? What was it? Yeah, um, I think definitely, I think definitely the biggest thing was like the internal support for myself. I think it was more so like a kind of like a delusional level of support to an extent. If you think about like where, where I come from and like where, like the fact that like, there was like, there's like, there's no one, like, I don't, I don't know one person to play college football, like from a high school. I've only like, there was, there was someone who came from like 2010 or something, which is like, or even, I think he graduated 28 from our high school, 20, uh, 2008 from our high school. And I never, obviously never got to meet him, but it's like something that like, you don't see it. Um, so it's like, why would I even like try to try to attempt something like this? Um, right. But um, so for me, it was, it was definitely, that was definitely the biggest thing. Um, I think I definitely, did have did have support from my friends and I think as time time grew on and um, I definitely got more support from my peers where it's just like oh like he's doing something really different and that's really cool people were trying to um, people were uh, attracted attracted a little bit more to that where it's like um, I don't know he's kind of like representing our community in, in, in a little sense so I think so I think that part was super uh, meaningful to me um, that I was able to have the opportunity um I definitely definitely would say like one of one of the people who kind of like proved to me that it was true um was so there's this guy named Varun Ram um I first heard about him when I was in ninth grade um and he's like he's one of my cousin's family friends so my cousin's from Maryland um and he's this dude he's this five foot nine um guy he's about probably like six years older than me or something um he played he was a walk-on at University of Maryland um and he ended up becoming a scholarship player there um, in basketball. Mm. Uh, he had like one of the most like, like underdog journeys, like no offers anywhere. He went to prep school, no offers there, played division three, no offers. Ended up just, just going to Maryland, not even know if he was gonna have a trial opportunity. Got a trial opportunity, got a position, got a scholarship, uh, started a game, and, and then even had like the game winning block in the NCAA tournament. Um, it's dope. It's dope. He's a five foot nine Indian dude, right? That no one believed in. Um, so I had the opportunity to talk to him when I was a junior in high school, and he kind of like really like that was like one of the first people I was like, wow, like my story is like obviously I, I I knew I was never had the same like athletic love uh, athletic potential that he did. Yeah, but I knew that like wow, like so I can relate to someone's story now. Uh, and so this that, is possible. Yeah, and it, yeah. it kind of brought reality to it. So I mean, yeah, you might have felt that you were, you know reaching for the stars or something like that but with someone to have an experience like that that's an amazing story exactly. um shout him out again i would like let's let's get a shout out for him again so uh, that, that's amazing that's that's great to hear um so how was the recruiting process um so for me a lot of the recruiting process was kind of like i had to like do the reaching out right because no one's, yeah. no one's going to hear about monobis high school which is where i went to high school yeah uh, 
So I kind of like, just like, just like reached out to a bunch of random schools um, at the division three level. Um, and for me, um, um, like my first interest that I got was from like Claremont McKenna, which is like one of the, a school in Southern California, like high academic school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in- and interesting enough. That's like my mom, my, my mom is like, oh, like you can maybe get into a school that you couldn't get into and because of football. Um, yeah. So, so that's like when she was like, oh, like I'll, I'll, t- I'll take you to these camps and stuff. Um, so that was, that was a cool opportunity. I went to a bunch of camps, went to like a Pomona pitcher camp. Um, and um, I ended up, so I ended up going to Chapman University, um, which is also a Southern California university. Um, and it, it was also, that was also like a lot of like me kind of like persisting right because like no matter like regardless of like what film I show it's like the film I'm showing is that like a oftentimes it's gonna be like a competition is not not the same as a lot of these a lot because a lot of these players that play the division three level yeah usually they usually come from a lot of these powerhouse schools they're just not the best players right um so they come from like the bishop Gormans, they come from all those schools um so they know they've played along alongside that type of comp that division one uh, caliber and future NFL caliber competition their entire lives um and so yeah so I ended up deciding to play there uh, small school in 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 Orange County um and and yeah and how was your experiment uh, experience there yeah so it was it was it was definitely definitely a ride I think my, the first year was my was the most fun for me um and I think like I was saying like how I came from like from from a school or like in an area where there's not a lot of football talent like I was really I had really definitely had a lot of concerns is like I felt like I was going to be the worst like out of everyone on the roster I'm probably gonna be the worst person um and um luckily like I mean not not luckily but like uh, gratefully I, I was able to like compete like with a lot of these players and like my freshman year I I, I got a lot more playing time than I expected to um and the, my defensive back coach, he, he definitely liked me a lot then. Um, it was interesting. They like, I, I, I ended up becoming like known as, as just like, like one of the biggest hitters on our team. And it's, it's definitely really surprising because I was still this skinny Indian dude and people, I was kind of like shocking a lot of people in that sense. Yeah. Um, and they like, for some reason, they call me like the Sri Lankan assassin. I'm not even Sri Lankan. But <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll go with it. <laughs> I'm sure there's some some level of racism in there, but uh, but it's all good. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you a question on that. And uh, it seems like when you're a minority, especially in a sport that uh, doesn't have a lot of minority, I'm not saying that it does in football, but, you know, if you're if you're an outcast in a way, yeah. you low-key become a celebrity. <laughs> and 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 usually like for me i was this black kid rowing yeah. it's one of the whitest sports and i'm big x or i'm x what's up like so no, it's, it's kind of funny to hear that like it, there's some similarity in that way exactly <laughs> yeah it's like the, it's an interesting thing too because like at the division three level like obviously like, you see the nfl right it's a predominantly black league right but when you yeah. see division three football it's not like that it's a it's a predominantly white sport in in in, in division three football and and it's like there that we do have we do have a decent amount of like latinos especially just being in orange county um we have like we only have like, we have like a few like african americans on our team and um interesting enough like we had like we i think we probably had like one of one of the more like asian american populated teams in our in the country um 
We have, I mean, which is not a lot. First of all, we had like five, five Asian Americans on a team and a team like of a hundred. Yeah. But, but I think to me that was like, and a lot, cause a lot of them played my position too. Uh, so I remember the first day like of, of camp, um, like before, like of summer camp, I like saw like, oh, I saw, I saw like a bunch of the players doing a drill and I was like, and in one row, like all, there was like three Asian Americans doing the drill. I was like, hold up. That's, that's really cool. Um, so interesting enough I'm sure like you probably can relate to it but it's like these are the people that ended up I ended up like finding the biggest connection to where it's like I can relate to their journeys they can relate to my journeys like we obviously a lot, um it depends but in this case like we we were able to relate on our upbringings as well um and I think that helped um so it was definitely I was definitely grateful to have like those people um around me um to like it's definitely it's like a sign of feeling of comfort um but also on the other side, it was it was it was interesting where it's like, cause like how I said, I came from a city that was like predominantly Asian American, right? And yeah. of that Asian American, half of that half of it was like Indian. So I grew up around fifty percent Indian people, Indian people my my entire life. Yeah. Um, coming to Chapman, coming to Orange County, first of all, I'm not sure if you know about Orange County, but it's like one, it's like a red bubble, which is like very different than the rest of California for me. Yeah. Um, and um second it's also like for so many of my teammates I was not only their first Indian teammate they've ever had sometimes I was the first Indian person they've ever met that wow. and that didn't make any that didn't like register my brain like correctly right, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so so in that sense it's like you become like the stereotype and whether that it, it's really like that could be a good stereotype that could be a bad stereotype it's just how you how you portray yourself because there is no other understanding they have of the community other than other than like a poo from the Simpsons, right? Or something like that. Right. Which is, which is obviously like not the greatest. Um, but <clears throat> but it kind of like gave you gave me the opportunity to like educate a lot of people. Um, and I, I, felt, I felt like that was like that was a great opportunity. Um, but also at the same time, there was I, de I definitely like felt like some sort of distance from a lot of my teammates um, where there was like, there was a disconnect and it was hard to like bridge that gap a little. I, I feel the same way in, in a lot of ways. Not not saying that my teammates were that way, but I could definitely see what I was breaking uh, barriers for them. When I was breaking, you know, stereotypes from them, they're like, what, you, what, what, what? And I always enjoyed that. Cause I'm like, yeah, like, you know, we're all people. Like you gotta kind of keep it, you kind of gotta keep it at that. Like, I mean, I know, I know how simple that sounds, but seriously, and it's funny seeing it, uh, especially if they're you know you're they're okay with that like they're not like it's not in a bad way it was kind of like they were just ignorant to it you get what i'm saying exactly yeah i think that's the biggest thing we gotta we gotta realize that like we all have our like implicit biases from wherever we grow up right um whether that could be implicit bias for our own community or could they be impl implicit bias for other communities right and it's like we got to understand that like not, our thinking is not going to be the same as someone else from another part of or or, or just even, even from the same community in some in some cases right so we gotta it's all about like kind of like um understanding that and like realizing that like maybe some people some things that people say aren't aren't like meant with the intention that you might think it is something like right that. yeah exactly and uh, i mean that's what i learned too you know in college just learning that like it's just because they they're really curious they, they don't know they're not they don't have any ill will behind it. Uh, my question to you is, so when you were at Chapman, um, did you 
did you mentor any other athletes that, you know, may have been Asian American looking into, you know, football or basketball before we even, even talk about amazing. I'm just saying like, and in that aspect. Um, I definitely not like, not like in Chapman, um, but there were definitely like, there were definitely some athletes back home um, that were like, Oh wow. Like this guy is like playing college football and like, randomly like when I used to come back that like there were people who like knew who I was and I'm like how do you know how do you know who I am like um and that, so that was like that was like cool in one part but it's also like yeah like you can kind of have the opportunity to like have like tangible impact and obviously a lot of these people not not necessarily all these people wanted to like play sports at the next level right but I think it, it definitely helped even in their own even in their high school journeys uh, per se um but um I think like definitely, definitely from that. Um, but yeah. So how was the transition out of college? Yeah. Um, well, the transition out of college for me is like, it was interesting. Um, so I ended up playing three years of, of, of football. So I didn't play my senior year. Um, okay. And that kind of gave me the opportunity to do a lot of other um, uh, like professional um or like things that I wanted to do professionally. Cause I, I'm sure, you know, like when you're playing college sport, it's kind of, it's not just like you're playing during the season. And so even at the division three level, it's like, you it's the entire year. And, and that's, especially that's, for football. It's like meetings. All, all my friends are in football. I got meetings. I got this. I get, I'm like, yo, yeah. I got like, I got a few meetings a week and I, and I complain about them, but <laughs> it's, like, it's a whole nother level. It's like because there's so much like in the study in, into football too, right? It's not just like uh, get bigger, get stronger, get faster, learn all the technique. It's like how do you use your brain? And I, I think people outside the sport don't realize that. Where it's like, oh, there's just 10, 11 people just running at each other. That's that's there's that kind of stereotype, right? There's a lot yeah. more than that. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so I ended up like so what I what I did in college, I was a double major in broadcast journalism and, and kinesiology. Um, and I, I wasn't really too sure about which path I wanted to go down. But then later on in my career, I kind of, or later on my, in college, I realized I wanted to go down the journalism route. Um, so I ended up um, getting to do some uh, internship opportunities when I would, wouldn't have been able to otherwise um, during, during football and stuff. Um, and, and then um, after that, I realized so, so I, I interned at a couple of places. I interned at Spectrum Sportsnet, which is like the the Lakers, the Lake, Lakers Dodgers broadcast network, and yeah. internet Fox Sports Digital. Um, after that, um, and then going to my last semester, my senior year, um, I was I only had like two classes left, and I was like, I was like, I was in the process of applying for internships, and I was like, should I do like another internship, or should I, or or, or like what I realized was like, oh, this is like the one time of my life potentially that I could like do something like free willing, um, where it's like I could pursue something that like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have the opportunity to pursue it when I start working, right? Because I'll um, is I'm sure like the time is just not there, right. uh, the priorities are not there because you're you're obviously like your job is at stake in like in some cases, right? So, um, so I ended up like. Oh, I guess a little back text to that. Um, during that fall of 2019, um, I did a couple stories on, um, one was about like the Asian American football community. Um, and they were kind of like long storm, long form written stories. Another about the rise of Asian American basketball. Um, and those I got to like interview like dozens of people from the community. Um, some like 
like really high up there in the community and some that are like really trailblazing a path for us. Um, and from that, I realized that like, even when I was interviewing a lot of these high, like high name people, um, it's like everyone told me the same thing that like they wish they wished people had asked them this before. Like they were at this level, but no one had asked them like about this. Like they were so passionate about like sharing, sharing their, their story about like what it is to be an Asian American athlete, what it is to like represent for the community. But their stories just like were never told. And I was like, and then I thought to myself, I was like, yeah, there's like a big gap in coverage here. Um, and that kind of like needs to be resolved. Um, so, so that's that's that was like my idea. I was like, my why not like create something to like help help that. Um, and it's like I think my thinking was like, everyone's gonna know who Jeremy Lin is. Everyone's gonna know who Chloe Kim is. Everyone's gonna know who Suni Lee is. But no one knows everyone else under that, right? Because right. I, I don't know if you know that that. Um, there, there, there was like a survey that was going around like a year or two ago where like people were being asked like what Asian Americans do you know? Like, no one can name anyone, like just random people on the street, no one can name anyone other than like Jeremy Lin, Jackie Chan, um, and that was like basically it. Wow. Uh, but it's like there's so many other trailblazers, there's so many other people currently that are like right under that like celebrity tier level, right, whatever. Um, or who are not necessarily at the highest level, but those are the stories that can really inspire people. Like for right. me, like in my case, it was Rune Rom, right? Um, telling those types of stories, that's the biggest thing. And I felt like we didn't, we didn't do that as a community, like well enough. Um, not just as a community, as a society, because it's not just, it's not just Asian Americans job, Asian American jobs to um, tell, tell the stories of our community. Um, so I ended up deciding to like start that not knowing not knowing anything about how to how to start a media outlet, how to do all that, um, but but that's that's kind of like the inception of it. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> so I mean, that's a perfect transition. So it's amazing. Um, yeah. So how did it start out? How did you start it up? How did you do it? What were the first steps? If you did how to, what did you you do uh, with the, with the the book for dummies? What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the thing is, there's no like road. There was no roadmap built before this. That's the, that's the biggest thing. So I really didn't really have much to go off of. Um, and for me, like I remember, I was like randomly at a ramen restaurant with my with my boy Matt, um, and I was like, I was like, should I do this? And then I was like, I'm only gonna do this if you like give me like a, give me like a hard yes, because I'm like a very indecisive person, um, so I can never really make decisions. And then he was like yeah like you're doing this so I, I take I call him like I jokingly call him like a co-founder because like you yeah. know without, without that word right I wouldn't have oh I wouldn't have started this yeah um, yeah <laughs> but but yeah I ended up just like my, my initial investment to it was like buying a camera like creating a website all that stuff um I really didn't have much knowledge about like cameras first of all I didn't have much knowledge I had no knowledge about how to build a website no knowledge how to like run a media outlet no, no knowledge about like social media um and it's all honestly it's a lot of just like learning on the go right and I kind of just started it off by like um it was so I started in December 2019 that's like the, the peak of like um high school basketball season and yeah. um being in Southern California where that's like I'd say that's the biggest hub of Asian American basketball talent right. um, I was able to like just like I had some connections like in the in the Asian American space already and I obviously like being passionate about the community I was following a lot of these athletes in general so I knew a decent amount of them 
But I kind of just started off by like that. The first athlete that we actually featured was this guy named Yuki Okubo. Um, he was this dude who was like, who became like a viral sensation at his freshman year. He mm-hmm. played with uh, um, the O'Neill brothers at Crossroads High School. Uh, okay. O'Neill. Um, yeah. And he was just, he, he was just an, another, another example. He's this really short dude. He's like five foot seven, but he was fearless. And he was like, and he was playing against like this, these like division, high, high major division one players um and i think obviously that that's like something that's like a lot of people can relate to it's like he's not for example like you know how like yao ming seven foot six it's like he's a big 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 person for the asian community right but right in terms of relatability there's zero of that um where no one no, no whatsoever <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah so we started out that was our that was our first little feature and then we kind of went from there just like going around like the rest of the high school season, finding a bunch of these different athletes, connecting with these athletes who like recommend us to other athletes, doing a lot of internal research on our own. Um, and also like connecting with a lot of the leaders in the Asian American basketball space, um, whether it be the trainers, the coaches, some of like the, the founders of like the Asian American basketball movement, things like that back in like the days where like they, were, they literally couldn't play in other leagues because of like let's talk about yeah that. let's talk about that yeah yeah, yeah. I, I have i you're you're putting me on a game so i have no idea yeah so that's, me. that's like one of the biggest things i learned from doing that asian uh, rise of asian american basketball story i did before i st- before starting this where it's like when it comes to like asian american basketball specifically but also for like other sports like base, uh, baseball volleyball there's a lot of like history within it within the community and um with a lot of the um, early immigration to America from Asians coming in San Francisco, coming in LA, right? Yeah. Um, there were like Asian American basketball leagues and a lot of them were like, a lot of them started with, so it was like Japanese American leagues and then later on like Chinese American leagues where they were started because like they couldn't get into other gyms, they couldn't play with others. Um, and it was also like, um, some of it started pre-internment camp day, some of it was like after internment camp, but mm-hmm. um it ended up, I think the interesting part about like, about it now is like, there's less there, the, the, like the hub for like, like, like a Japantown or like a Chinatown, like the, 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 um, the community. Cause like before it was like, everyone like had to live in the same area. Cause just that's literally how it worked. They right. weren't able to live in other places. Right. Like yeah. with red lighting and stuff like that. Um, but, but now obviously like, because that's like oh because that doesn't exist anymore there's a lot of like mass like uh, migration outside right um yeah. so, so the basketball league is actually like one of the few ways that like um japanese american culture chinese american culture like exists through like its people um and i think that part is super interesting where it's like like obviously like the the type of discrimination they face isn't like anywhere near it is today but it's more, mm. these leagues are more so used as a way to like preserve that culture, like teach, teach about the roots um, and be able to serve as like a form of community where it's like, oh, these people are all coming together. And it's like, it becomes like a part of like your childhood. So I think that part was like so interesting to me. Um, and you see it too, like even in the, like, like even in like in NorCal, like in the Sacramento area, um, they have like, um, they have like Punjabi leagues. Um, yeah. And obviously there's so much Punjabi American basketball talent. Um, but I think it's really cool that they're all able to like come together to form community through that. And I think it's, that's like the power of sports, right? Um, where you have that opportunity. Um, so I think there's, there's a lot of like amazing history through that. 
a lot of great players have come through those leagues. And I think on the women's side too, you see it now where there's like, there's somewhat of a pipeline in Southern California where it's like, there are people from these, from these specific leagues that end up going through this division one funnel. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's like awesome to see that we're like seeing that now. That's really good to hear. That's really good to hear. Um, yeah, no, let's talk about uh, how big uh, the sport of basketball is, you know, in Asia. Mm -hmm. uh, I, we just talked about this, uh, basketball being such a connection. Legitimately, I made so many friends, and they were legitimately from China um, in college, just playing pickup. And they were, they were hoopers. Yeah. Like they could, they were hooping better than our squad at the time, you know, and you're talking about a D1 program. And I mean, I always had so much fun. I mean, we would run fives, we run threes and we'd run for hours. At one point they ended up, you know, uh, we ended up, they invited me over, man. They, and they teaching me all about their culture. And this is all based off of playing, you know, some pickup, you know, yeah. it's, it's an amazing, uh, amazing experience, but what, what yeah. Say it again. What college do you go to? I went to uh, Jacksonville University in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, yeah let, let's talk about how big it is. Yeah, I don't think people really grasp how big uh, you know basketball is in Asia. Yeah, and especially if you're just looking about the numbers, and like you go to China specifically, there's 400 million people that play basketball in China. That's, and think about the American population. Like that's <laughs> yeah. smaller. That's bigger than the American population. <laughs> Um, so if you think about like what's the biggest country like what like that's like the biggest like central of like basketball it's not American technically right yeah uh, um, but but yeah it's, it's grown so much and I think if you ever meet like a Filipino person like there that's like I think that's the biggest basketball crazy like country um, and not even just country like Filipino Americans too so it's like just the community like they love like that community loves basketball so much more than like anything and like you can see I know because they, they they get like they have I've I met a lot I know a lot of Filipinos uh, um, they they have a lot of freaking like jerseys from role players that I don't even know and they're like <laughs> you don't know this guy and I go no I don't know this guy <laughs> exactly and it's like the way they kind of like the way they kind of like idolize Kobe it's like I think when you think about Kobe and you see, like think about the mom mentality, you think about like all the people he's impacted. Like I did a story last year about like uh, Kobe's impact on the Asian community. And I don't think a lot of people like think about that, right? Cause like, why would you think about Kobe Asian, right? Um, right. He's not, he's not Jeremy Lin. He's not like Asian American. Like why would he impact us, right? Um, but he's like, I think like, it's like him, Kobe, Jeremy Lin and um, Kobe, Jeremy Lin, Yao Ming and Michael Jordan. Those are like the biggest influences on like the Asian community. Um, wow. in terms of basketball and I think Kobe the biggest thing for him is like his he had a very universal message and universal like way of living life it was like that mama mentality it didn't even have to apply to sports right like I think that's the biggest thing when it's like I have so many friends that work in the engineering side of things or like or like in, in medical field but they they like really idolize like the way of life of Kobe and kind of like I think that's like super interesting where it's like like for my community right like where sports weren't a big thing everyone was everyone was a huge Kobe fan everyone like always talked about like about him and it didn't necessarily even have to be in the basketball context so I think that's that's a really cool like takeaway from that um but but yeah like basketball has like grown so much in in Asia and it's continuing to grow um obviously I think like it kind of like started like booming from like the Michael Jordan years um, but especially more so now. And I think NBA especially is like doing a great job of like helping to globalize it. Um, but like I think a couple, couple of years ago, they had the first um, preseason game played in India. 
that's like a big thing. I think like India is kind of like behind a lot of the other countries in terms of basketball. But but if you think about it too, right, 1.3 billion people and growing, um, it's like they're going to like, I think it's, it's probably one of the fastest growing sports out in India. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of potential there. Um, Remember about like, uh, I want to say maybe this documentary is a little dated now, but it was talking about like NBA India and how they were developing athletes and stuff like that. I don't know how it's progressing now, but you know anything about that? Yeah, uh, I think it's like through like the like the NBA Global Academy. Um, they definitely do a great job of that. Um, like a lot of these athletes like come over come over to the states too. Like you see a lot of them play like IMG places like that. Um, like last year we had a there was a dude on on the G League Ignite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're definitely the the tough part is like it's hard. I think it's all about infrastructure. That's the biggest thing. Like, like it's, it's definitely changing a lot, but it's like, you need, first, you just need more basketball courts, first of all, right? right. Um, where it's like, I think for like when my parents were growing up, like, like I, I asked my mom like recently, it was like, so like, how often do you see a basketball court? And it's like, kind of like never for her. So it's like, I mean, like if you don't have that, right? It's, it's hard to get that, get that start. So I think the, the tough part about like why you see a lot of these, of these Indian players um, who like come over here who like and their talent doesn't necessarily transfer it's because like these are players that are getting like handpicked like when they're a teenager or something and and then they're like okay let's start playing basketball now you know yeah uh, so it's a lot tougher where it's like you like they go for the physical first and then they're like okay let's try and make him into a basketball player um because because it's not really it's not like not a lot of these people are playing from like when they're like five years old or like when they're three years old um so I think like once that starts happening, that's going to cause for a lot of change. But the passion is there for sure. Nice, nice, nice. Um, okay, let's talk about some more. Let's get let's dig into amazing. Um, yeah. What are some notable athletes coming out of you know high school this year, and what are some not uh, notable you know uh, you know uh, college athletes as well? I would love to hear you know you know maybe a list of five, maybe ten, or even, maybe give some descriptions of them as well. I mean, you know, I would love to hear. I would love to just showcase some athletes. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot. So I, I talk about like basketball specifically. Basketball or football or soccer, whatever sport. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm game for all of it. Yeah, well, I guess I'll start. In, I think it's starting football because that list is a little bit shorter, so we can. Like, okay. Is, I think I can think of more specific people. Gotcha. Uh, I think for football, like I, I did a little thing about them earlier, um, but it's like Notre Dame has a lot of talent, a lot of Asian American talent. Um, and like this year in the in the draft, um, they have a safety coming out. He's projected top 10, top 10 pick, I think is probably gonna be like one of the highest drafted safeties in a while. Um, um, Kyle Hamilton. And um, he's, so he's like half Korean, uh, half black. And he, um, he, I think the interesting thing part, interesting part is like Notre Dame's head coach now, Marcus Freeman. He's also half Korean. Um, wow. Notre Dame's like star, like future, like you know, quarterback, um, Tyler Buckner is half Korean. Wow. Um, he's like, know. yeah, he, he he's like, if you like look at his high school stats, it's like one of the most ridiculous things ever. Like he, his junior year of high school, he's like from San Diego. He uh-huh. like threw for like. He had like six thousand like combined yards or something. He had eighty plus eighty or ninety touchdowns, like with twenty five of them being rushing. Um, 
It was like insane. It was like the third, like the se- second or third most in like high school history. And it's like, wow. He's been playing um, the All Star, like I, what, what in the world? <laughs> I know, right? He's he's playing he's playing with the, with the rookie level settings, uh, <laughs> sliders or something. I know, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, he's he's an, he's another big one. Also, like they have they have like a um a defensive end, um Jordan Botello, who's also Korean. And it's like crazy, like you don't see that. Like, first of all, like, the fact that there's that many Asian Americans on one team, the fact that they're all like Korean American. Yeah. Uh, and then this coming year, they're, they're, they're adding uh, Tai Chan, uh, Cambodian American, uh, like four, four star linemen, I think. Um, and they were actually gonna add this, this Filipino dude, CJ Williams. Um, he like committed there, but then I think once um, the head coaching job switched um, mm-hmm. in the off season, he ended up committing to USC. So. There's, okay. there's definitely a lot of like talent in the store um, for sure from the college level. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and that's just like one example of one school. So I was still, so thinking about like how big that is. No, that that's amazing. So shout out to Notre Dame. I had no idea. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, I think though, like the, what you, it's important to note that like in the Asian American community, Asian American culture, I think, the passion for football is a lot less than it is for basketball. Um, where it's like, you're going to see, like, I don't know if like, if a bunch of dudes are like hanging out or something, like you rather you much, much more likely be seeing them like playing basketball than um, playing football. Um, and a lot of that is just cause like the areas that you grew up in, obviously, like, I think being in California, like basketball is a lot more popular here. Right. Um, and I think it like depends where you grow up. I'm sure like, in Texas, in some places, that can be very different, um, and I and I do you do see a lot of like um, Asian American talent come out of kind of come out of Texas. Um, like back in the day, I'm, I don't know if you heard like uh, Dat Nguyen. Um, no, I'm not familiar. He's I think he I think he's from Houston um, or something, um, but he he played on the Cowboys. He was like a, he was an All Pro linebacker. Oh really? Um, and again, he's like a, he's in a, he has a story that not even no one from our community even knows really. Um, but he was like someone who played at the highest level. He was an All-American in college at uh, for at Texas A&M. Wow, um, he's, yeah. he's truly Texas. That is that is yeah. as Texas as you can get right there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but but yeah, there's 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 some others. This is my guy. Oh yeah, uh, quarterback uh, Cornell. My guy Jameson Wang. Um, he had he played as a freshman last year. Um, he like won a bunch of awards. Um, there's, there's definitely like so many to go down could, could, to go down the list of there's a lot of quarterbacks I think that's a cool thing and that's like I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to like representation where it's like um first of all football is hard to like like it's like it's hard to first of all it's hard to like, like you don't see the person that much right compared to other sports because they're behind a whole suit right, right. Um, but but I think when you play the quarterback position that's like the biggest like you're in the limelight the most so I think seeing representation in that is really important um so like the fact that we're seeing that more is definitely definitely helpful um and then in basketball there's there is a bunch um especially like I think like this year there's going to be a decent amount hopefully a few in the NBA like with Johnny Juzang being um like part Vietnamese um I think he his impact like having that March Madness run um last season like that was huge and I think I like I got to talk to his brother a lot um, who also like was a pro, pro basketball player in Vietnam. Wow. He was like telling me, like, I think something that really stuck out to me was like when, so he like came down to surprise his brother from Vietnam, um, like when, when they made the final four. 
and that was all over like the news and stuff and it was like he said that was he's like when I saw that like on the broadcast for the first time that was the first time I ever heard Vietnamese Vietnam and basketball in the same sentence um like on national television and it's like you think about something so simple right but something that can have such a huge impact um yeah so him just having success at that level that opened up a huge like huge door for a lot of people um so seeing people like like Johnny Juzang, um, seeing people like Remy Martin at Kansas, uh, he's he's a, a like super proud like Filipino, um, and he's he's had a lot of success. Um, there's 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 definitely there's definitely a lot of store. Um, I think like in the high school level, um, there's every year I think it's growing. Um, on the girls side, I think you're seeing like so much more for sure. Where it's like. There's a lot more. There's a lot more success for sure at the girls' level than there is at the guys' level. Part of that has to do with like the barrier for athleticism is is less. Whereas like it can be, you don't have to be the biggest. You can you can be the most skilled. I think right. um, that is not always like as necessarily applicable. I mean, transferable to to the to the guy side. Um, but so so you see a lot of success there, especially like I said, like coming from coming from California. Um, I think what's what's interesting is like when I used to go to a lot of these private runs in California that like consisted of like the best talent from all over California and a lot all these players are division one bound players and seeing like like 25 to like 40 percent of them being Asian American I think that's like that opens up a lot of eyes um, um, I think on the guy side like someone that is really is really going to be trans uh, transformational for our, from from the Indian community. This guy named Ryan Agarwal. Um, he's he's actually from Texas. I went to I went out to um, to his area. Uh, so you said from you're from Dallas, right? Oh, you well, I'm not from. I'm I, I live in Dallas. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, well, he he goes to Capel High School. Okay. Sure that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty minutes. Yeah, twenty minutes from Dallas. Um, so I was there. I was there out in, in November. Um, he's like a three or four star. Uh, recruit he had offers from like 12 different places including like um like some of like I know some of the Texas schools um including Texas I think um but he ended he ended up committing to Stanford um so he's headed there next year he's he's like he's a six foot seven like two guard um so he's <laughs> he's got he a lot of success and he's still super he's super like lanky so he's got a he's got he's got a lot to like build out um but he is kind of like we've so the Indian community has never had like an Indian American in the NBA. We've had like Indian Canadian with Symbol Arm. I don't know right. if you heard of him. The guy played on the Kings, seven foot five. Again, yep. one of those things where it's like amazing, right? Seven five, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but <laughs> um, um, with this dude, it's like <clears throat> talking to him. Like even I was able to relate to his story, right? Um, and I think yeah. So he's. Obviously, like he's only he's only gonna be a freshman next year, so he, but I can't say like oh he's gonna make it to the NBA. But I think that's like he's like the first person that people have been able to attract onto their journey this early, um, and I think a lot of people are are finding like oh like he's giving me the inspiration to do this, and he's only a 17 year old kid, right? So I think that's super uh, important. Um, apart from that, there's like a lot of people um, that I featured. Um, there's other Indian too, Indian dude too in Canada named Ishan Sharma. He's only a sophomore. He's like 16 years old or something. Um, he's he's one of the best in Canada, and he's going to be like one of the. Um, he's he, I I would expect him to be like a 
a high major division one player soon. Um, obviously it does, it does, it does, it is more, a little bit more difficult coming out of Canada than it is, than it is coming out here. Cause you have to like, you have to be in those, luckily he's in those specific programs where it's like very catered towards like, he's like out of prep school and things like that. Gotcha. Um, um, there, another thing to note is that when it comes to Asian talent, a lot of, a lot, there's, there's a big hub of Asian, um, Asian talent in Canada, um, in Toronto, in like, in Ontario specifically. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that's like the biggest, um, biggest wave. Like we've seen Ben Lee come from there who played at Lehigh. Now he's, now he's, um, a part of the Shanghai Sharks. Yeah. Um, but there's just so many, there's so much, so much definitely in the pipeline for sure. Um, I can list so many names, but I'll probably leave out a bunch. Um, so there's, there's a ton. That's amazing. Um, so question, what has been the reaction, uh, from the public to, you know, you're, you showcasing athletes? Yeah, I think the biggest thing where it's like, the goal of this is to like shock people until it's not shocking anymore. And yeah. I think that's the cool thing. It's like every video I post, right. It's like, um, it, it, it shocks multiple people. I mean, I think it shocks a decent amount of people, right. Where it's like, and it shocks our own community. It's like, Oh wow. Like there's, there's, there's a dude who's like that good. Um, but it's like, not just one dude. It's every time I post someone. Right. Um, so I think that's a big thing, um, where it's like, these people are just don't have that, don't have that spotlight. Um, they just need that spotlight. They just need to like, it needs, we need to show that. Like, I think the biggest thing is about putting, putting more of these like Asian American faces into, into the, into the mainstream um, and showing that like, it doesn't have to, th- these net, these aren't like one-off cases. I think that's the biggest thing I had to show um, where it's not like, oh, this dude is just like, this dude is like our only hope. Like we don't want, that's not the message I'm trying to show. I'm just trying to show like, this dude is like, he's huge for a community, but there are so many other people like him. And I think that's cool. It's like seeing a lot of people like from the Asian community, if not from the Asian community that are like really, a, really like kind of like, kind of being impacted by it um, and being like, oh, like, wow, there's like, it's, it, it can be normal to have success. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely big. In your journey and your athletic journey, when were you, when would you say you were at your lowest? Low, lowest in terms of what? Maybe belief in yourself, maybe belief in, you know, am I really up to par? Maybe this is in college. If you don't know if you're on the same level as those guys, like where, where'd you feel? When, when was that in your athletic career? Um, so your question. When is it lowest? It's hard to like pinpoint a specific moment. Um, I definitely say like sometime, sometime in high school, um, like early high school, um, when like I always say I'm not, I'm not never the most athletic, um, never the most skilled. I just I feel like I'm one of the most hardest workers. Um, but there were there were times where it's like, um, even like a lot of my teammates were like, why are you putting so much effort into this? I think. A lot of my friends were like, why are you putting so much effort to this? It's like, there's nothing that's going to come out of it. Um, like, like, you're not going to play any, anything higher than this. You might not even like play varsity, right? Um, a lot, there was like that kind of mentality. Um, I think that like, it definitely got to me a bit where it's like, damn, like, what if they're saying is like actually true? But also at the same time, I think it became like a, it became like a feeling, feeling point where it's like, yeah, like, why not, why not be, why not be like one of the few to like come out from this? Um, 
why not like be that inspiration that like it was hard for me that I, I had a difficulty like finding myself um so I'd say like probably probably some sometime during during early high school interesting interesting so what would a 2022 Pranav at uh tell you know a 10th grade you what would you what would you tell yourself I say like I say like society society says says all these things not because not because it's necessarily true but because that's the only thing they know um they haven't seen anything else and it's not necessarily their fault it's, it's i think it's the fault of the way that like, we operate as a society um and as someone who like lives in that society you shouldn't like fall into those same norms as well you shouldn't fall into those same like stereotypes or like misbeliefs in yourself um and at the end of the day like like as you say like we're all people right so we can all we can all be on our we can all do whatever we set out to do um if we are put in the right positions if we put in the right effort if we do the right things right um obviously like it's not necessarily true it's like there's so many other obstacles there in front of you that that are just literally out of your hands whether it be in sports, whether it be in other things. But I think going into it with the mindset that it's like, that is not possible is, is like what um, will like inhibit progress for anything. Nice, 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 nice. Um, so uh, what does 2022 look like for you? Yeah, I think, um, so for me, so another thing too is, um, I, don't, I don't think I've talked about this where it's like, so amazing is not my full-time thing. Um, I, I want it to be, um, I want it, right? So the, so the thing is like everything I've done with amazing so far has been like the nonprofit mission. It's all been, I've gotten, I've gotten nothing uh, financially returned and I was fine with that because I never started this with the intention of like, oh, I want to like make this into a business. It was more so I saw a need for this and that's why I created it. Um, so I've obviously spent like thousands of dollars investing into this, investing into the people, um, investing into like what I wish I had when I was growing up, um, while at the same time working a full-time job. Um, and like my, my ultimate goal is to like do what I'm doing at a local level and kind of like bring that to a national scale um, mm -hmm. and eventually like an international scale because you can tap in so much like outside of America as well. Um, and that's like my ultimate goal is to like have it's like I always wanted, I always want Amazing HQ to be um, more than a media outlet. I wanted a way, I wanted to be a way of bringing about tangible change. Um, and that tangible change being like, for example, like giving these athletes like tangible opportunities to have success, like having showcases where we're forcing these scouts, these coaches um, come out to the, come out to the games, give them like be forced to see them because otherwise they wouldn't be going out to these people's games. Um, and I think one thing that like, that's like, that's like, that's like one of the biggest barriers, right? That's like the un uncontrollable barrier where it's like, no matter how good you are, no matter like what you do on the court, your, your success, your upward, upward mobility is limited on what these coaches, what these scouts are going to do. Like um, gatekeepers essentially. Exactly. You know? exactly. And I always give this example is like, as a scout, as a coach, it's such a tight knit job, right? It's such a, it's such a job that's based on like, Oh, like what's worked in the past. And so if you have like, if you have like a three, three athletes, all of the same caliber, all the same, same attributes, right? 
one's Asian American, one's white, one's black. In what case would you ever choose the Asian American one, right? Just like from a logistic perspective, that would never happen. So that, I think that's the tough part where it's like, you just have to keep on proving that it's like, because like they've, they've probably never seen someone like who looked like me or who looked like another Asian American athlete have success. Right. Uh, so why would you take that risk? Your job's at, your job's at stake. Um, so I think that's the, that's like a big thing um, for sure that it's like having those opportunities that it can actually create change. And I think um, helping to build like a, not just a digital community, but a physical community of a lot of where these people can kind of like um, interact with each other, meet with each other, um, learn from each other and be inspired by each other. I think that's like my ultimate goal with this and like hoping to do that, hoping to like bring that to a national level soon. That's the goal. Great to hear. Great to hear. Well, yo, that's been amazing. I probably said amazing on this podcast probably like a thousand times, but yo, that's been Pranav with Amazing uh, HQ. Thank you for your time. If you got anything else to say, if you got a shout out, if you want to do whatever, please do. And please, let's stay in contact. I truly appreciate it, man. No, I appreciate I appreciate all the really, really thoughtful questions. I, I think it shows, I think like, I think like you've, you've, you've probably been, been through a lot in your life. So you're able to like, obviously like relate to a lot of like what I understand the importance of representation, things like that. So I can, I can definitely see that not only through your like life experience, what you're talking about, but also the questions that you're asking. So I really appreciate kind of like um, all the, all the thought that went through that, but, but no, I think this is, this is a great time. I think it's a lot, it's, it definitely helps with like introspection when I'm like forced to ask, forced to answer these questions. Um, but I appreciate you having me on. Without a doubt. Hey, I got to do this plug because we've been bad at this. If you if you stayed this long for the podcast, please like, share, subscribe, share to a friend, do all of those things. I'm really bad at that. But thanks for the conversation, Pranav. And hey, man, uh, yeah, that's it. Yo, it's been What's Out. Amazing HQ. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>